you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get the insight you need from the fantasy experts right here. I think you're just looking for the best players available when you get up to pick, whether it's one wide receiver, one running back, two wide receivers. Sirius XM, Fantasy Sports Radio, powered by Ram Trucks. Guts, glory, Ram. This is NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Job gets the snap. He throws left side of the end zone. Caught! Andre Johnson. Touchdown, Houston. Big sneaks. Touchdown! Michael Beck on the quarterback sneak. Blacko throwing ends on looking for Ray Rice. He's got him! Touchdown, Ravens! If you like the NFL, you're going to like NFL Fantasy Live. Featuring the experts of NFL.com. Here are your hosts, Michael Fabiano and Elliot Harrison. Welcome, everybody, to NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM, Fantasy Sports Radio, Sirius 210 XM 87. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison. Love having you with us for some fantasy chat. And specifically, we're going to do our best to fulfill all of your draft-related questions if you're doing any last-second drafts and some stardom and sit Now, joining me today and throughout the entire season is NFL.com's fantasy editor and analyst, Michael Fabiano. Fabs is part of an expert panel on NFL.com's daily show, Fantasy Live, and writes about everything related to fantasy for the league's website. We're also going to have NFL Network analysts and former players all season long to get their thoughts on fantasy football and what's going on in the league that directly relates to the game that we're pretty much all addicted to. And that said, Fabs, we got a lot to get to today. People want to know who to start. They want to know who to sit. What do they do about Arian Foster and what have you? And I'd like to start... Right there, Arian Foster, Texans lead back, a little news today. Yeah, basically Gary Kubiak saying he's day-to-day, uh, aren't we all though, Elliot? So this is going to be something that people are going to have to watch out for over the next few days. Check the injury report. Right now I would say he's probably going to start, uh, but again, be safe. Handcuff him with Ben Tate. I, listen, I, Derek Ward might be the number two back There's some debate on that, on that depth chart, but Ben Tate was so good in the preseason. I can't see how Gary Kubiak does not utilize him if, in fact, Foster does miss the game. But right now, I'm looking on, on the optimistic side of things. I think Foster will play. Well, the thing with Ben Tate is the upside. Because Derek Ward, we know what he is. And honestly, we're not going to know who's truly second on the depth chart 
until somebody comes trotting on the field. Yeah, and listen, Tate has the most upside out of that backfield, you know, other than Arian Foster. You know, Derek Ward, a former thousand-yard rusher, but uh, I really think Tate will be the guy uh, when all is said and done. But hopefully, fantasy owners don't have to worry about that. Hopefully, Arian Foster, last year's fantasy superstar, trots out onto the field in what is a fantastic matchup against a bad run defense and just goes off. Now, if you're one of those last-minute fantasy drafters, and there's probably some people around the country that still have a draft tonight, where are you taking Arian Foster? I still say he's a top-five pick. You know, hamstring injuries can be a little bit tricky, but right now it's Adrian Peterson one. I think Chris Johnson out of the holdout. He's clearly number two. I'd probably go Foster three. Do you want to go Ray Rice or Jamal Charles because you're a little bit worried about the hamstring? LeSean McCoy. I can see that. I, I still I, I wouldn't draft him uh, over Aaron Foster. I think I still think Foster's top five. Chris Johnson, you mentioned. Do you worry about a hamstring? Because because I would. When you're talking about the two spot overall, it's okay to nitpick in my opinion. So mm-hmm. if you're sitting there with the second pick overall, is it a slam dunk that you say that you take CJ or do you maybe hesitate and take somebody else? I, I think it's a slam dunk. Uh, you know, I always say that I have my fantasy masters, but I don't have a masters in medicine and you can't predict injuries. And yes, there have been examples of players who have held out who have gone into a season and had a hamstring. Darrell Rivas last year was a perfect example. A few other guys like Steven Jackson, Larry Johnson, but maybe that was more to a heavy workload than it was to a holdout. CJ is not going to be limited this week. Mike Munchak's already said they're going to let him loose, uh, and the matchup is extremely favorable against the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you draft, I say he goes two, and I'm not saying anything anybody else doesn't know. If Chris Johnson's on your team, start the guy, please. Right, but we talked about Ben Tate in regards to handcuffing mm-hmm. uh, for Arian Foster. Javon Ringer, good handcuff? I think so. Late round, if you're in a 12-team league or more, uh, I think you still grab Javon Ringer if CJ2K is your lead back. Okay, well, obviously Arian Foster is a big story, but if we stay in the same division, the only story that might trump his is Peyton Manning not starting week one. Yeah. Peyton Manning not being on the Colts, just the reality aspect, that really puts him behind the eight ball, especially considering going in, a lot of people thought the Colts may not even make the playoffs – with Manning there. So now you have no Manning. We know that's going to hurt them in reality. Fantasy implications, starting with the receivers. It's funny. A couple of weeks ago, I drafted Peyton Manning in the fifth round, and I was completely dancing in the streets thinking, I just got to steal the draft. Now I'm a little worried because you know a couple of weeks later, you're looking at a guy who may be out three, four, five weeks. Again, we're not doctors. We don't know exactly how long he's going to be out. Maybe the doctors and Peyton Manning himself don't know how long he's going to be out of commission. But this has a trickle-down effect, Elliot. You're looking at Kerry Collins, who is a major downgrade from a superstar like Peyton Manning at the quarterback position. So the Colts are going to run more ball control. They're not going to be slinging it all over the field. This hurts Austin Collie. This hurts Pierre Garçon. I still start Reggie Wayne. I think Kerry Collins, when he's in that backfield, he's going to be looking to throw the football to a veteran a reliable guy like Reggie Wayne. I don't think it hurts Dallas Clark. He's still going to see more than his share of targets in that offense. I think it helps Joseph Adai in the fact that they're going to want to run the ball a little bit more. This is not going to be an offense that's going to throw the ball downfield as much without Peyton Manning. Kerry Collins is going to be more of a game manager. With that said, again, Wayne, Clark, Adai, I think you start these guys, and unless you're in a deep two-quarterback league, I don't touch Kerry Collins. You know, we talked on NFL Fantasy Live today about Reggie Wayne. 
And I think no matter what, you have to start him. I mean, there can't be any debate there. Yeah. Listen, he is likely your number one wide receiver. And there's just no way to me that you bench this guy. He's an 11-year veteran. I know he hasn't played a lot of football without Peyton Manning slinging him to the football. But listen, you've got to stick with your studs in this case. And listen, the matchup is not exactly a bad one either. Okay, Wade Phillips comes in. He is not going to turn the Houston Texans defense, which was dreadful. Last well, he had year. a shortened window. Dreadful. He had a shortened window to do it. With exactly. As well. Into the 85 Bears. It's not going to happen. So you still start Wayne. You still start Clark. You look at Garcon. You look at Collie. Collie already had the question marks with his concussions. Do you feel like it's an absolute sit situation for Austin Collie? It really depends on your wide receiver depth. If you're really hurting and he's your three and he's your clear three, then you probably have to roll the dice and play him. It all depends on depth. It all depends on what's available out there on the waiver wire. And at this point, with week one nearing and we have uh, the opening game tomorrow night, there's probably not going to be a lot of great options on the waiver wire right now. Well, you know, Collie is one of those guys that I think people consider a chic pick. He's very popular coming this Mm -hmm. year. And another one is Mike Thomas of the Jaguars. But with the news that David Garrard got released, now you have McCown in there, Luke McCown. How do you feel about the fantasy implications there? I'll tell you, it's not like David Garrard was, you know, the the best fantasy quarterback in the world, although he did have a career high in total touchdowns last season. This is a domino effect, okay? David Garrard to Luke McCown is a big drop-off. Luke McCown is a guy who has seven starts in his National Football League career. So we're going from an experienced quarterback in Garrard, who's played a lot of games, who's been out there in the trenches, to a guy in Luke McCown who has very limited experience in a prominent role on an NFL team. And he's been with several teams, so... This is going to hurt Maurice Jones-Drew, and I know Maurice Jones-Drew has a show on our channel, and I I don't think there's any way it doesn't hurt him. You still play Maurice Jones-Drew. He cost you a late first-round pick, an early second-round pick. You still play him. I think maybe the yardage will still be there, but is this team going to score as many touchdowns? Is this team going to be getting into the red zone as often with Luke McCown and eventually Blaine Gabbard at the quarterback position? I think not. So Maurice Jones-Drew, a guy, again, you have to play him, but you can't tell me that defenses are not going to stock the, the line of scrimmage to stop the run with an offense that has Luke McCown or Blaine Gabbert under center, and their top wide receiver is Mike Thomas. And this is the guy whose value also takes a hit, too, because Mike Thomas, to me, with David Grutter under center, they had a rapport. I think he's a sleeper. Now you've got no rapport with Luke McCown, and you're looking at a guy who could be a disappointment this season. Well, the Jags are playing the Titans, and to bring, again, a little reality into it, the Titans are probably going to slip a safety in the box, so there's eight in the box, which means you might be able to get some plays with Mercedes Lewis downfield, especially if he's covered by a linebacker. Would you start Mercedes Lewis? I think he's a low-end number one tight end uh, in most fantasy leagues this week. But keep in mind, he's not scoring 10 touchdowns this year, guys. He was in the top five in fantasy points at his position in a year with Dallas Clark got hurt and Jermichael Finley got hurt and and Antonio Gates was out for six games. He's not going to be a top five tight end this season. He may not be a top ten tight end this season. Most of his points were accrued because of touchdowns. And if you tell me that Mercedes Lewis is going to score ten touchdowns again, I'm going to be wondering what you're kind of doing on your off time because there's no way he's going to score ten touchdowns. I could see him maybe going half of that, maybe five or six tops, maybe as a security blanket for Luke McCown, a guy who's a big target who will still continue to see targets in the red zone, but he is going to see his stats drop. And if you drafted him as a number one, thinking you're going to get the same duplication uh, in terms of production as last year, uh, you're kidding yourself. Well, I think, you know, 
for the fantasy drafters that are at the midnight hour right now, you mentioned Mercedes Lewis is a, a low one. I think he's a low one in a 12-team. In a 10-team, I, I yes. don't see that happening. No, I, I completely agree with you. And, and again, you know what? People have to look at what happened last year. Mercedes Lewis, that was the first year he was fantasy relevant. He may have been named a sleeper in years past, never really met expectations. And what's funny about Lewis is that his big, big problem was that he never scored any touchdowns. He had two touchdowns one year, you know, three touchdowns the next year, whatever the case may be, and then he blows up to 10. That's a red flag for me this season because 10 touchdowns is not going to happen uh, in 2011 for Mercedes Lewis, especially with Luke McCown under center and especially when a rookie is under center in Blaine Gabbert because I guarantee you, by midseason or sooner, Blaine Gabbert's going to be the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, I had a little fantasy thought bubble, heaven forbid, but staying in the AFC South and backpedaling a little bit back to the Titans and Chris Johnson, mm-hmm. Jared Cook might be a good pickup. No, he, he's a really good sleeper. He is an athletic freak. You know, he reminds me a little bit of Shannon Sharp, actually, a big dude who's athletic, uh, and Jared Cook is going to be someone to watch. I don't think he's a number one right now, but he's definitely someone you want to keep on your radar. Check and see how they utilize this kid against the Jaguars this weekend because he, again, has a lot of upside, very athletic, and in an offense that I think they're going to be able to throw the ball, of course they're going to be a run-based offense, but when you've got Kenny Britt, who I think is going to blow up this year, and Nate Washington to stretch defenses, and you've got a guy like Jared Cook, and remember Justin Gage no longer in the mix there, so I really think Jared Cook's a very deep sleeper. i tell you what, just from the that division, it's just a mess right now. I know all the quarterbacks in that division are shot, basically, except for Matt Schaub. Except for Matt Schaub. Right, you've got Kerry Collins, you've got Luke McCown. Who I still don't agree with you that Matt Ryan is a better value than Matt Schaub. I, I like the upside. I like the upside with Matt Ryan. I think Matt Schaub's hit his ceiling already. Matt Ryan's ceiling has got some uh, has got some room for growth there. No one uh, again to backtrack. We talked about Peyton Manning. Joseph Adai to me presents a real issue for fantasy owners. You always want this guy to be a little bit better than he is, but you'd have to think that he's a good start this week. No, I, I clearly do. Uh, he's a two and a very nice flex. Because of the matchup, look at the matchup, okay? Again, the Houston Texans, not the best defense in the world. Of course, they're going to improve, you would think, under Wade Phillips, uh, but they're not going to turn into this elite run-stopping defense right away. Adai is going to see more than his share of the workload this weekend. And guys, remember, Donald Brown has sort of fallen out of favor in Indianapolis. It's now Delone Carter, who is the rookie out of Syracuse, who's number two. Potential handcuff. Adai is to, and I have Adai on a couple of my teams, and I'm starting this week. Because, again, the Colts aren't running the ball, uh, aren't throwing the ball as much uh, without Peyton Manning. They're going to run it more ball control. Kerry Collins is going to manage the clock. You, you know, you mentioned the Texans' defense a couple times here. You think they're definitely a defense that's just going to be sitting out there and people aren't going to draft? No, uh, I don't think the Texans are going to be drafted in most leagues. Maybe you play them this week with Kerry Collins on our center. If you're in a 12 or more team league, maybe you play them. Maybe you roll the dice, but there's actually a lot of good defenses that are on the waiver wire that I guarantee are better plays than the Texans, but they're worth a look in a deeper league. Well, speaking with defense and headlines, you know, it's been in the headlines a lot, the Giants' injuries on the defensive side. Oh, God, it's like a mash unit there. It is, and we know that Humanure is going to miss the first two games. Mm -hmm. you got to look, I think, at Rex Grossman this week. You know, people may say the name Rex Grossman and sort of laugh, and maybe Rex Grossman's a joke. This guy is a viable fantasy here. I'll tell you right now, I'm in one league where I have Peyton Manning. Cutler's my backup, and I picked up for Rex Grossman, and I'm playing him. The Giants are without Terrell Thomas. They're out uh, without Prince of Mukamura. OC is, is out. They just lost Jonathan Gotham. That defense 
a shot full of injuries. And this was a bad pass defense last year. This was a defense that fantasy owners wanted to play there against because the Giants just were very porous against the pass. Now you've got Rex Grossman, who, by the way, averaged 280 passing yards and scored seven touchdowns in his three starts at the end of last year, including a game against the Giants where he had over 330 and two touchdowns. And you're telling me that he's not a good sleeper this week? I don't care what his name is. Rex Grossman, to me, is someone that if you have Peyton Manning especially, pick him up off the waiver wire and play him. That Giants defense is really in a lot of trouble right now. You know, you can look at it this week, but if we go one week past... You got the Rams playing the Giants, and I think that Bradford, Sam Bradford, might be a great start there in Week Two against the Giants' defense. I mean, I I know that people think of Sam Bradford as a QB two, but he's a good QB two in my opinion, especially with Josh McDaniels being there, the injuries on the on the defensive side of the ball for the Giants, and you can't look at Bradford as a rookie quarterback anymore. And Bradford is someone you're going to play the matchups with each week, and if we're looking at Week One, I don't love him against the Eagles, the Dream Team. No with- way. Namdi Asimwa and Dominic Rogers Camardi and just all the weapons they have. Bradford the is someone guy? I bench. Oh, yeah, Asante Samuel. Yeah, he's not a bad third corner. I think he may be better than the Cowboys' first corner, yeah. right? So Asante Samuel is someone uh, who just adds to that defense. You know, he was he was an incumbent there, and they are going to be very tough to score on. And Sam Bradford again, a guy who's a big time sleeper, a guy with a lot of upside, especially in Do- Josh McDaniel's offense and an offense where he'll throw the ball six hundred times if he stays healthy. You play the matchups with him this week. I don't like Bradford. You know, another guy that we talked about, we mentioning Grossman starting him, is starting Matt Hasselbeck. It's not a bad idea. If you're in a deeper league again and someone picked up Grossman off the waiver wire or you're looking to replace a Peyton Manning, Hasselbeck is well worth a look. There's a lot of quarterbacks like that this week, Elliot. Kyle Orton is playing the Raiders, okay? Everyone is down on Kyle Orton, and I'm down on him too, overall. Because, listen, he goes from Josh McDaniels, throw it 600 times a year, to John Fox, who's going to run the ball far more prominently uh, than he will throw it. But look at the matchup. The Raiders, not good against quarterbacks in terms of allowing fantasy points last year. And that was with Namdi. Now without him, that defense is hurting, especially that secondary. They're going to see a serious decrease uh, in terms of what they can do defensively in that, in that secondary. So I really think Kyle Orton who a lot of people didn't even think would be drafted because it was Tim Tebow's job, now a very relevant top 12 fantasy quarterback for week one because of the matchup. You know, we have obviously a big game tomorrow, Green Bay hosting the New Orleans Saints. That's a huge fantasy matchup, Aaron Rodgers versus Drew Brees. We're going to bring in NFL.com analyst Bucky Brooks in to talk about it. Real quickly, Michael, just want to get a prediction from you. Packers, Saints, who wins, who has a bigger fantasy game? Uh, I think it's Aaron Rodgers. I think Rodgers has the better game because the Packers' defense is the elite defense out of those two units. You think the Packers win? I'm we're we're talking fantasy I'm here. Hardcore we're talking football. fantasy. I, I, think, I think the Packers win, and I think Aaron Rodgers has a good game. Well, again, coming up next, we're going to have the very astute Bucky Brooks, very chill Bucky Brooks. He's got a lot of opinions, some of which I heartily disagree with, like Felix Jones. And uh, listen, stay with us. Bucky's going to bring his insights. We're going to hit the Packers-Saints game up more and some also breakout running backs. Should you maybe take a chance on a Tim Hightower from Washington? Stay tuned to NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio.
Now back to NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Welcome back inside NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. That's Sirius 210, XM 87, and we are talking fantasy football, and more specifically, the Packers hosting the Saints Thursday night should be a killer game and should be killer for fantasy purposes. We've welcomed in here Bucky Brooks from NFL.com. I'm, Bucky. I'm, I'm still trying to get out of my high school moment. I hear the music in the background. It took me back to 11th grade, so I'm... Bucky, let me help you. That was Van Halen. Okay, I'm trying. I'm trying to go back. I'm. I'm. I'm well aware. That I'm song well aware. was called Jump. I, I, I'm very familiar. And it stayed at number two on the charts for seven weeks because Purple Rain was at the top. Which I know you have that movie on DVD. I, I actually have it on my DVR. You know, Little Prince is 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 all good. Along with uh, Sergio Mendez, live from Denver. <laughs> yeah. So we got a huge game. Uh, I love the uni matchup, first of all, Saints-Packers. I love that we're opening up at Lambeau Field. How do you see the game playing out, and then how do you see the quarterbacks as far as their numbers playing out? Very interesting game. When you look at the matchups, uh, you know, both teams are pass-first teams, teams that really like to spread the ball around. Great play callers, play callers who are very creative. They go for the juggler. Uh, you see a lot of spread formations, a lot of guys being involved in the game plan of far as touches defensively both defensive coordinators Greg Williams and Dom Capers like to bring pressure so that also leads to big play opportunities for the offenses I think it's going to be a a terrific game to watch I'm just really curious to see the chess match when it gun folds like how they attempt to attack the opponent as far as Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees are concerned they're huge fantasy studs who do you see having the bigger name or bigger game rather if you think about it one of the teams are going to be down which means they're going to have to be slinging it. And I personally, I think the Saints are going to be down. I think Breeze is going to have the bigger fantasy game. Who do you see putting up the bigger numbers? Ooh, that's tough. Um, gosh, it's hard to go against you with Breeze uh, in terms of having a big game because I think they probably will be down because Green Bay is tough at home. Uh, Aaron Rodgers likes to get them out to a good lead quickly. Sean Payton, though, uh, for the Saints, they like to throw it. And Jimmy Graham has emerged. Marcus Colson's a guy. Lance Moore. I see Drew Breeze putting up. 350 plus yards, a couple touchdowns because they're going to air it out. They're probably getting their no huddle tempo and really just put it on Drew Brees to win it. Well, you know, the Saints like to spread it out. As much as everyone talks about their running game, they're running back by committee with the rookie Mark Ingram. You still have Pierre Thomas. You're going to bring Darren Sproles in on third down. You still have to deal with the Lance Moores of the world. Can Green Bay's nickel corner, I love Green Bay's starters at corner, but can their nickel corner cover the Saints' third best receiver? You know, it really depends on how they choose to deploy Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson is like the X factor in the matchup. Who they determine is going to be the number one guy, they will put him on him. Based on the way that I saw them in preseason, I would expect Charles Woodson to actually go on Jimmy Graham, and then they'll take their chances with the rest of the guys, Marcus Colston, Lance Moore, Devery Henderson. I think when you talk about playing man-to-man coverage with Tremont Williams, Sam Shields is a guy that can play. Jerry Bush comes in as the dime corner. Um, I think they probably feel good about those matchups because the Saints receivers outside of Devery Henderson are not really blazers. Robert Meacham could be a guy that gets significant burn this game because he has the ability to get over the top. But when you look at all those matchups, I mean, it's really a wild card um, that will emerge in the game and really be the guy that probably is the driving force of the offense for the Saints. A real quandary for fantasy owners is who to start at running back if they have either Ryan Grant or on the Saints side, if you have Pierre Thomas, do you see it being a strict split carry system for both teams, or do you see a guy possibly getting 20 carries in this game? 
I don't know if you'll see anybody get 20 carries in this game, just the nature of the offenses. When you look at Green Bay, I would expect Ryan Grant to be the lead horse. I think he'll get the bulk of the carries, even though James Starks emerged at the end of the season. I still think it's Ryan Grant's job pretty much to lose, to really be the driving force. For the Saints, the back by committee thing scares me there because I still couldn't get a good feel for the rotation as far as where does Mark Ingram fit. Um, they would put him out there sometimes on first down, sometimes in a short yardage situation, but he didn't have a defined role. And because of that, all of the dominoes kind of fall off of him. Uh, depending on how much Mark Ingram plays really determines the production of Pierre Thomas, also what they decide to do with Darren Sproles. I think I would steer more towards the Green Bay Packer running back matchup more so than the New Orleans Saints. You know, one of the tricky parts with the Saints is as much as you'd like to see Ingram on the field, the toughest adjustment for a rookie running back is pass protection. And that's something that Pierre Thomas or even Darren Sproles may be better at. Do you see that possibly taking away from the amount of fantasy points that Ingram could get this year because he's not on the field when they want to throw the ball? Uh, I could see that. I could see him not possibly being heavily involved in the passing game because you have to figure out how to get Darren Sproles' touches. And I think his touches will come off draws and screens and little checkdowns in the passing game. Because of that, I would expect him to be the third down back. If he is in on early downs, I think it would send up a signal that they're doing something to get him the ball because he's not a big stout guy. He's not a guy that's really going to be used in pass protection. So I think Mark Ingram, because of that, kind of falls to the wayside. I think he's the every-down runner, the guy that gets the bulk of the carries on the ground. And Pierre Thomas is kind of the swing guy that fills in the gaps based on what Mark Ingram is capable of doing at this point in his rookie career. So if you're a fantasy owner and you have Ingram on your bench, are you at least comfortable that he's going to get the goal line carries? I think so. I, I, I think he will score points. I think he'll be the guy on short yardage. When I watched him those last couple games um, against the Raiders, I saw him be involved in the short yardage game, and I think he'll be a guy that's a factor in that mix. I want to talk to you about some other running backs, some breakout running backs. Uh, you know, I teased Tim Hightower. I also want to talk to you about Felix Jones. Oh, I know, I know how much you love Felix. Listen, I, I know. Well, first of all, you state your case <laughs> on why you love. think Felix Jones is a great value in, as far as fantasy production, and then I'll, and then I'll counter. Uh, you know, I, I think Felix has a chance to be a breakout guy because he can give you points in multiple facets. I think uh, not only as the runner, uh, the primary runner for the Cowboys, also as a guy who's going to be heavily involved in the passing game. When you look at what they have outside, Des Bryant, Miles Austin, Jason Witten, they will be playing more two tight end, two receiver sets. The defense is going to take some of that away. They want to give um, them the check down and give them the option to get Felix Jones involved. I think he will get a lot of touches, maybe 13 to 15 carries, six to seven touches in the passing game. That'll give him over 20 touches for the game. But what about the matchup this weekend, Bucky? I mean, you've got the Jets, the big green defensive machine with Rex Ryan. Is Felix Jones someone you want to start as anything more than a flex this week? Again, because the Jets' defense is so stout against the run, and the Cowboys' defense, I have a lot of question marks about that, and I think that the Cowboys are going to have to throw more often to try to get back into this game. When I, when I look at the matchup, um, looking from the Jets' defense, uh, how they probably choose to match them up, I think Darrell Revis will probably go on Des Bryant. Antonio Cromartie would go on Miles Austin. So the two people who will probably carry the Cowboys offense would be Felix Jones and Jason Witten. I think Felix Jones, even if he doesn't get a lot of touches, they will find a way to get him involved in the screen game, 
get him out on the perimeter and check downs. He has to be a factor. They don't want Tony Romo to get hit. So I think he has to kind of be a guy who gives him something to really alleviate the pressure that the Jets have put on him. So I can see him having a big game from a touch standpoint. I don't know how many yards he will get as a runner, but I can see him be a significant factor in the passing game. And we reference pass protection. That's how Tony Romo got hurt last year because Gronkowski didn't know his assignment, <laughs> and that ended up getting uh, Romo's collarbone broken. My only problem with Felix Jones is sometimes he runs too patiently, and sometimes he doesn't run patient enough. And I just think it's that discernment that he lacks in his game. But I agree with you as far as the screen game. I think he could give you a lot of receiving yards. He had a huge screen pass against the Giants uh, towards the back or back into last season. So Felix Jones to me is an iffy pick. Tim Hightower, I know you believe in him. I believe in him. What kind of totals do you think will have yardage touchdowns? Going against the Giants, he's going to be a significant factor in their game plan. Won the job as a feature runner. He still would probably split, split some carries with Roy Hilo, but I would expect him to get maybe 18 to 22 carries. Mike Shanahan wants to run the football. He's not going to put the onus on Rex Grossman to get them the win. Even though we saw the last three games when Rex started, he had a couple 300-yard games. He threw it a lot. Mike Shanahan really wants to grind it out. He wants to run. And the way they looked up front, they retooled their offensive line. Hightower looks like he could have a big game. The Giants are also um, at a disadvantage. They've had some injuries up front. I think it really plays well in the Redskins' favor to really just pound the ball and get Hightower a lot of touches in the running game. Well, before we let you go here, you know, you're a former player and you're a former scout. I want you to put your scout hat on. Okay, Is there fine. something different that you see in Tim Hightower than you saw in Arizona? No, he was the same player. When you look at his production, he was a guy that averaged nearly five yards a carry, um, had some big games, had um, a little over 700 yards a season ago. For whatever reason, it didn't work for him in Arizona in their mind. He goes into a nice place in Washington, one-cut zone-based system, which basically tells the running back you have one option. Once you get to the perimeter, you get to the decadent hole, you have to make a cut. Once you make that cut, you have to get north-south and get vertical. Their goal is to eliminate the negative runs. He really caught on to the system quickly, had some big runs against Indianapolis in preseason, against Baltimore in the preseason. I think that success carries over into the regular season. All right, Bucky Brooks, good stuff. Coming up next, Fabs and I are going to look at some handcuffs. What should you do about some big-name running backs? Should you draft their backup if you're in a late-night league? or last-minute league, rather, or should you start their handcuff and also waiver-wire pickups? We talked about Rex Grossman. We talked about Matt Hasselbeck. Are there some other guys that you should be looking at? So stay with us on NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. We'll be right back. We're taking your team to a fantasy football championship. This is Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. That's Sirius 210, XM 87. And, hey, we'd love to hear your calls. We'd love to hear your questions. Call us at 888-963-2682. That's 888-XM-FANTASY. And, Michael Fabiano, we're talking about waiver wire pickups handcuffs if i had to say what's the most attractive waiver wire pickup to you who would you say to me right now it's rex grossman only because of the matchup uh and what bucky said earlier you know the giants are just really shot full of injuries right now the waiver wire is going to be a little thin especially if you're in a smaller league you know you're not going to see guys out there or in a larger league i'm sorry you're not going to see a lot of guys out there that you can pick up and start uh at the turn of a hat so at this point i think you're looking at what happened over the weekend where 
handcuff maybe changed. So a Kendall Hunter is now the handcuff for Frank Gore. Delone Carter is now the handcuff for Joseph Adai. Deji Kareem is now the handcuff for Maurice Jones-Drew. Those kind of waiver wire pickups I think you make. You also can make defensive picks. I'm not the type of person who likes to draft a defense until one of the last three rounds ever. So I always have to play the matchups on defense. This week, I picked up the Cardinals in six of my eight leagues because I really like the matchup against the Carolina Panthers. Those are the kind of additions you're going to make right now to your roster in a week one, one game before the season begins. Well, especially in a 12-team league, I imagine some people spent late draft pick on Anthony Dixon thinking that Frank Gore might get hurt. Turns out Anthony Dixon... He's not two on the depth chart. Right, exactly. That's kind of Hunter, the, the rookie out of Oklahoma State, who has looked you know, really good. So uh, I think this is a kid who definitely is going to get some burn this year. Frank Gore, of course, not the most durable back in the National Football League. So you would think that Hunter could see a couple of games there where he gets the start. When you talk about Arian Foster, and uh, we, we referenced this a little while ago, Ben Tate versus Derek Ward. You know, it's really hard to judge who truly is second on the depth chart until we see them play. But Ben Tate, you saw him in the preseason. The kid looks explosive. I mean, if Arian Foster gets silent, you know how ham- hamstring injuries are. They linger. Ben Tate could have some big games. Yeah, and You know what? Michael Lombardi here at uh, NFL Network said last year before Tate got hurt that he thought Ben Tate could be the rookie of the year. He's that talented, a kid out of Auburn, who showed some flashes of brilliance in the preseason. And again, you know, Arian Foster... The number one guy in fantasy last year dealing with the hamstring injury. Looks like he's going to play right now, although we don't know 100% for sure. Gary Kubiak's calling him day-to-day. I think Tate gets more burn than Derek Ward in a worst-case scenario where Arian Foster misses some time. How about DeLone Carter? He's really moved up the depth chart quickly, and that's surprising to me because Donald Brown was a first-round pick, a prominent guy, but listen, Donald Brown has not done much at the NFL level Seems like the Colts are ready to give up on him. Joseph Adai is the guy, and I think Joseph Adai could be a sneaky start this week, especially based on the matchup. Uh, But DeLone Carter, someone to watch out for, someone that's clearly available on the waiver wire. His name could pop up during the season. Again, Adai, just like Frank Gore, not the most durable running back in the league. Frank Gore hasn't really proven to be a, a guy that can go 16 games. And really, I looked at the Chris Johnson and Frank Gore holdout situation differently because Frank Gore has taken a beating. Chris Johnson has not. So regarding Javon Ringer versus Frank Gore's, you know, handcuff, which is Kendall Hunter, I think Kendall Hunter is definitely the better choice because Chris Johnson's probably going to play all 16 games. You would hope so if you're a fantasy owner, especially if you're drafting him second overall. Again, we talked about how hamstring injuries can come up with guys who hold out. Uh, Chris Johnson has never been a guy who has lacked durability. He's not brittle and there has been nothing but positive reports about CJ2K ever since he's ended his holdout. Well, you feel like taking some calls? I think we should take some I'm calls. ready, man. Because I just heard that we have Corey from Texas on the line, and he wants to know which wide receiver to start. Corey, you there? Corey from Texas. Going once. Going once. <laughs> I guess we don't have Corey from Texas on there. Do we have Mike in Virginia with a question? Mike? Yeah, Mike, Mike, you with here. us? Yep, Mike's here. How you doing? Hey, good. Great show, guys. I got a, What's uh, your, go ahead. I got a flex question for you. Um, 12-team PPR, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, and then the, we had a flex, and it could be any of those three. I've got uh, Forte, Turner, Fitzgerald, Wallace, Lloyd, and Graham, penciled in all his starters. My top three options for flex, Burleson, 
Uh, Tolbert and McGahey. Who do you like? I'm going Tolbert there. Me too. I, I think I'm going Tolbert there. You know, the Vikings run defense, again, uh, normally very stout, but Williams has been suspended, so the middle of that line is going to be affected clearly. And as much as I liked Ryan Matthews last year in the preseason, and he <laughs> fell right on his face, I think Tolbert is going to see just as many touches in a lot of these games as Ryan Matthews. He's going to be the guy that they bring in on passing downs. He's also going to see short yardage work. I really think Tolbert, out of those three players, uh, is the guy to start at that flex position. Well, Tolbert's going to be playing in goal line. Uh, I, I don't see Ryan Matthews getting a lot of goal line play, and I think Tolbert, hey, even if he runs for 12 yards, if he gets you two touchdowns, there you go. That's 13 points. So I, I think that Tolbert, it's, it's one of those running back by committee situations, and I know it's annoying for just about every fantasy fan there is, but that's the state of the NFL these days, and it's not going to change, and I don't see Ryan Matthews becoming that 125-yard all, you know, all-purpose yards per game guy at any point in the season, Febs. Yeah, and I really think that maybe the, the Chargers thought Matthews was a little bit better than he was, drafting him in the first round, moving up to draft him in the first round uh, last year. I think we all did. Yeah. Uh, listen, I was on the bandwagon too. You look at the specifics. He was in North Turner's offense. North Turner has helped some of the best running backs in the league put up great numbers, and some of the most average running backs in the league put up good numbers. Lamont Jordan, Ricky Williams, Frank Gore, the great Emmett Smith. All Norv Turner guys at some point in their careers. Lamont Jordan had his best fantasy season under Norv Turner. So did Ricky Williams. It was right. LaDainian Tomlinson was gone. And Mike Tolbert was really not on the fantasy radar. Maybe he was a blip, but he wasn't really on the fantasy radar. He came in and played better than Ryan Matthews, who was injured for most of last year, had the ankle. Uh, and this is a guy who missed a little bit of time during training camp in the preseason with a few bumps and bruises. I need to see that he's going to stay, be more durable be more productive, and I really do not see him emerging as a true featured back. Well, Andre in Ohio is asking about Daniel Thomas on the waiver wire. Andre, you with us? Yes, I'm here. So Daniel Thomas, you're wondering if you should pick him up? Correct. That's a good one. I, 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 personally, I'm not drinking the Daniel Thomas Kool-Aid. I saw him play in the preseason. He did not look explosive to me. He didn't always look like he knew where he was going. That's my opinion. Fabs, do you pick him up on the waiver wire this week? If we, if we still have Andre on the line, who would you drop to pick up Daniel Thomas? Uh, kind of my backup uh, wide receivers aren't that good. I got Roy Williams, and I got um, Joshua Cribs out of, um, out yeah. of uh, Cleveland. Now, unless your league gives you report, uh, points for return yards and touchdowns, I'm dropping, dropping Cribs and I'm picking up Daniel Thomas. Listen, Reggie Bush is not going to stay healthy all year, guys. This is a player who has missed 16 games in the last three years because he can't stay healthy. Maybe playing on grass is going to help him stay a little bit healthier. I don't buy it. I don't know what the Dolphins see in Reggie Bush as this featured back. He's not going to be Gale Sayers. He was a disappointment coming out of college. He did not play up to his skills and abilities. He became a third down back, a guy you use in passing situations, and he can't stay healthy. If he can't stay healthy, averaging six carries a game over the last three years, the Dolphins really think he's going to stay healthy in a featured role in this offense? It's not going to happen. He doesn't run hard between the tackles. This is not someone to lean on in fantasy land. And when Reggie Bush goes down, and I'm telling you, he's going to go down at some point, Elliot, Daniel Thomas comes in and picks up the pieces. I don't care that he hadn't looked good in the preseason. I don't care that he hadn't looked good in training camp. 
when Reggie Bush goes down, they're not going to Lex Hilliard. They're going to Daniel Thomas, and it doesn't take a lot to put up some good fantasy production at the running back position. Sam Cotton Gatto taught, taught us that several years ago. I think Daniel Thomas is someone you have on your roster. You stash him. You wait and see what happens. Don't you want to see who else is out there on the waiver wire, though? I, I just Daniel Thomas hasn't shown me anything. Roy Haley showed me a lot more than he did. And I think if you have a guy like that sitting on the waiver wire, you take a chance on him in case they, they want to split carries with Hightower. I, I just don't see Thomas doing that much, at least not in the first half of the schedule. Wait until Reggie Bush gets hurt. Uh, listen, I, I agree I, with you there. I'm saying I, it like it's going to be reality because I think it's going to be reality. He never stays healthy, ever. He hasn't played a full 16 games since he was a rookie. And that was not in a featured role. That was in a role where he is the second or third option in the, in, in the run game. Uh, again, as a guy who's coming in on passing downs, he's going to catch you a lot of passes, but he just can't stay healthy. And until he proves to me that he has knocked that whole brittle problem that he's had over his career, I'm not going to have any faith in him. Would I play him as a flex this week? Absolutely. Until he goes down, at some point in the season, Daniel Thomas is going to come in, and Daniel Thomas is going to have a chance to prove that he could be the bell cow for the Dolphins and not Bush. Well, Mike in Louisville is actually going to talk to us about somebody a little bit better than Daniel Thomas, at least in my mind. Pretty sure yours as well. Beanie Wells of the Cardinals. Mike, you there? I am here. Um, the league I'm in is a 14-team PPR, and I had like the 13th pick. So by the time it came to me, I just went for stud wide receivers. And I ended up getting Beanie Wells in like the fifth round. I mean, he's the best running back I got. I have uh, Roy Halu on the bench. Um, I got the guy, the backup in San Francisco there. And, I'm, you know, I think I have Gates as my tight end. I thought about, about maybe packaging him and trying to get a, a, a better running back. But, you know, some people seem to think Wells may have a decent year. So I've got Fitzgerald, Roddy White, and Mike Williams. We can go. We have two wide receivers and a running back in the flex. And I don't mind to go with the three wide receivers. So I just get, want to get your opinion on what you think about Beanie Wells this year. I gotta say right there, Beanie Wells in the fifth round sounds like a pretty good value to me. Beanie Wells is a clear breakout candidate. He's not a number one fantasy running back though, and I think that's your problem. Really, great start this week, especially based on the matchup against the Panthers, who couldn't stop anybody in the run last year. I would try and make a trade. I can't see your whole roster in front of you. Use your depth. It looks like you have depth at wide receiver. Put together a package that gets you a better running back. Maybe you have two number twos. I see Beanie Wells as a number two. Maybe you acquire another number two running back in a potential trade. I like to have overall roster depth and balance. That, to me, is what I do. Uh, I don't go after one position more than another in particular in terms of sheer numbers. I always end up with a couple of quarterbacks, five running backs, five wide receivers, one or two tight ends, a kicker, and a defense. And I like to have that overall balance. If you don't have that balance, I mean, Roy Hallou is going to be your number two, and you can't use him as a number two at this point in time because Tim Hightower, clearly the guy there for the Washington Redskins. I try to make a trade. I really do. Utilize depth. Maybe you don't have to make a trade right now. He's definitely got Wait a wide receiver. Right. Wait until maybe the first week of the season. See if there's any injuries that happen. Maybe somebody gets desperate. Check that out. See what happens. Uh, I wouldn't make a trade right away unless you get one of those godfather deals that you just you know can't turn down. Well, we appreciate the phone calls as always. But coming up next, we're going to head up to the Northwest and talk a little Seattle Seahawks football, specifically quarterback. And uh, Pete Carroll has a lot more confidence in a certain someone than either Fabs or I do. But stay with us. We're going to talk 
T-Jax. And we're also going to have Warren Sapp on, too, the big man who beat me in a fantasy league last year for the championship. And I guarantee Sapp is going to get all over me on that. He, he won't let that die. I mean, I saw him in the hallway. No, he won't. Not I, until I beat him this year. Chances Sapp goes back-to-back? Back? No, none. No way. None. No way. All right, we're going to talk a little Seabags coming up next. Stay with us on NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, Sirius 210, XM 87. Featuring the experts of NFL.com, this is NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. If you like the NFL, you're going to like NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. We're back. It's NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, Sirius 210, XM 87. Now, Harrison, that was pretty impressive. You came in, said that while playing the air drums to Queensryche. That was, that was good, man. I'm impressed right there. Listen, man. <laughs> when you talk Queensryche or Warrant, you're right in my mullet days. Dude, I love it. Are you kidding me? Let me tell you something. I, I shed a tear when Janie Lane passed away. I'm not afraid to tell all of our listeners that I had an 89 Mitsubishi Mighty Max, okay, that based, <laughs> all right? It based. I listened to Dokken. I'm not scared of you, Fabian. I love that stuff. You kid, I still listen to it. You know, I've been wondering if Pete Carroll's gone to a few too many Dokken concerts lately because <laughs> he's got a lot more confidence in Tavares Jackson than we do. Now, granted... I'm not a big passion of the Hearst guy either, yeah. but your thoughts on T-Jax? My thoughts on the Seahawks are, are not very positive. I'm not going to make a lot of fans in Seattle at this point. I just don't see that team having a lot of fantasy value. Tavares Jackson was a mediocre quarterback at best when he had the opportunity in Minnesota. They didn't want him to be their guy. They brought in Brett Favre, who was 40 years old at the time, and... Favre came in and played extremely well, put Jackson back on the back burner. Now he's in Seattle. He's the number one guy in an offense to me that's not going to score a lot of points. And I understand they brought in Sidney Rice, but let's look at the, some of the wide receivers who've went from another team to Seattle. Nate Burleson, Dion Branch, TJ Hushmanzada. Should I say the Great Northwest is the Bermuda Triangle for fantasy wide receivers? What's funny, Harrison, is that when Branch left... He was good again. He went from being good in New England, and he sucked in Seattle, and he went back to New England and was good again. I don't know what it's going on. Maybe the air in there. I have no idea what happens, but I think Sidney Rice is a huge bust this year. Marshawn Lynch last year, outside of that one big run he made against the Saints, which is going to go down in history as one of the best runs of all time, he wasn't a good fantasy contributor. Talk to me about Zach Miller. I would have preferred he stayed in Oakland. I just don't see a lot of value in Seattle. Tavares Jackson is leading that offense. And to me, it's leading the value of the fantasy players right down the toilet. So in a two-receiver league, would you flex Sidney Rice? I don't want anything to do with Sidney Rice. I didn't draft him in any of my leagues. Right now, I see him as no more than a three, maybe a flex starter in a PPR league. I just don't have a lot of faith in him. The guy's brittle. Here's a stat for you. In 20 career games where Brett Favre wasn't his quarterback, he averaged 2.9 receptions a game. I don't want my flex guy there. Well, let's take a call. Uh, we got Eric in let's Texas on the line. Eric? What's your question? Uh, We're ready. I've got a, uh, I've got a trade. Okay. Um, he's, uh, he's willing to give me Jamal Charles if uh, I give up Felix Jones and Greg Jennings. 
Um, and he also says I can have somebody from his bench. Uh, I chose Darren Sproles. Is this a PPR league? It is not. This is a standard league, and you're giving up Felix Jones and Greg Jennings. What happens? Uh, are you getting Felix Jones and Jennings, or you're giving up Felix Jones and Jennings? I'm giving Jones and Jennings for Charles. And, and uh, what does that do to your wide receiver depth? Um, I've got um, uh, Kenny Britt and uh, Austin Colley, along with, I think, uh, Lee and Evans, I want to say. You know what? I mean, you're hurting yourself at wide receiver badly, you know, with this trade. I wouldn't do I, it. As much as I like Jamal Charles. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Darren Sproles in a non-PPR league is not not very worthwhile. And Lee and Evans are the same guy. Yeah, exactly. They are the same guy. So I, I'd stand pat. I mean, you're really hurting yourself at wide receiver there. You know, it's a that's a, uh, that's a tough choice, too, because Jamal Charles is such a, a – not only a good player, but obviously his fantasy impact is huge. He's going to be a top five pick in pretty much everyone's draft. Well, most of the drafts across the country have already taken place, but I have to agree with you. He'd really be putting himself behind the eight ball wide receiver. And it's tough to trade a guy as solid as Jamal Charles. Well, coming up next, we're going to have Warren Sapp, the legendary Buccaneers defensive tackle here on NFL Fantasy Live, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. So stay right with us. If you like the NFL, you're going to like NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 